Boy, a lot of the life just went out of the room. <laughs> what a beautiful crew of little ones. And our numbers are very impressive. It, uh, I, I walked in this morning, I saw how many chairs they had set out for breaking of bread, and I was very impressed indeed, and uh, just wonderful to have this many people coming here. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for a beautiful day. Thank you that spring has come once again. And I, I thank you for the privilege of representing Miriam and her co-workers and their outreach over in Benin. I thank you, Father, for your love and care for each one here. And This morning in, in the first service, it was prayed, thank you for bringing us together. And Father, I can't help but think of the missionaries out there in jungle settings who, because of furloughs, because of sickness within the team or sickness back at home or all kinds of things that come down to just one couple left in a team. And uh, they have a lonely time. And uh, they just have maybe the husband, the wife, and a couple of kids, and that's it. And uh, we have the privilege of having corporate prayer corporate worship, and uh, just having people share with us who are truly gifted in the word. And uh, we thank you, Father, for that and just the privileges that we have here in Canada. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, I, I would like to uh, share a little bit before we leave today. Uh, two of the most famous names, of course, in the Bible in the Old Testament would be um, Moses and in the New Testament, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it really kind of struck me that there's a lot of similarity between the children that are all around Miriam every day. And uh, having stayed at her home for a month, uh, we used to tease Miriam because uh, our, our home in Senegal was Grand Central Station because she was so outgoing and so involved with so many friends. Well, let me assure you, nothing has changed just because she's 20 years older. Uh, she's uh, still Grand Central Station, and uh, little kids are at her door regularly. Like those uh, little children who surround Miriam, uh, these babies were born into very uh, precarious, dangerous, and evil circumstances. And that would, of course, refer to the baby Jesus, and it would refer to the baby Moses. If you'd turn, please, to Exodus 1, 16 through 22. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. And you know what? It struck me just recently, someone was sharing this with me. But, you know, we look at that, killing these little children, and you think, how, how barbaric are these people? How, how despicable are they, is their behavior? How evil is this whole situation that Moses is coming into? And yet the statistic was given to me just recently. In our world today, in 2018, 40 to 50 million children are aborted every year. And you've, I won't go into all the details because you're getting close to lunch and you don't want me to go into the details. But what's going on in New York State and United States of America today, partial birth abortions are being completely a okayed 
and uh, we, we won't go into that anymore. But don't think that this was just so wicked then. It's happening today. But the midwives feared God and did not as the, the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and waxed very mightily. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. You know, we hear of genocide still. There was a big celebration just yesterday in, uh, in a part of Africa uh, about uh, the uh, Tutsi people and, and the, the horrible uh, tragedy that they faced uh, a few years back. But uh, once again, and, and you know, that is horrible. Any kind of genocide is horrible. Uh, we're still appalled by what happened in the Second World War. But um, as, as, as we think about that, when you think about genocide towards children, it is truly horrific. And just very recently, a child was brought to Alafia in Bamberike, and uh, people just left the baby there. We don't want this baby anymore. This is garbage. This is nothing. This is not a human being. And uh, they just left the baby there. And the, the neat part of the story is, and it, it just briefly referred to that girl who's taken on that child. She's 17 years old. She's already looking after two of her sisters, and she undertook the care of this little child. And I might point out, the child's health has improved immensely, absolutely immensely. She's, this girl's uh, sister plays with the child constantly and, and uh, loves her and appreciates her. And uh, things have really started turning around. In Exodus 2, if you'd turn there, please, 2 through 10. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And, of course, this was the mother of Moses. When she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags, and that just means reeds, uh, in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw that the, ar the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And here comes the turning point of this whole passage. And she had compassion on him. And you know, we have no idea what that lady looked like, but I assure you, she was a beautiful lady because she had inner beauty. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, 
Go, and the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And when the woman took the child and nursed it, imagine how strange she felt taking wages for her own baby, feeding her uh, from her breast. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And once again, genocide is a horrific thing, a horrific thing. But genocide of children has to be straight out of the pit. And if you turn, please, now to Matthew 2. Matthew 2, 12 through 20. And we're now talking about the baby Jesus. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, this is the wise men, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appealed to, appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee, flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And you know, this reference to children two years of age and under, I'm sure any of you can, can picture a child that you've known of, possibly a grandchild or a nephew or something. But at two years of age, little kids are beautiful. They really, really are so attractive. And to think of killing one of those children, and then he wants them all killed. And uh, it, it really spoke to me that very, very quickly, we see how this story unfolds. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And that's, of course, uh, uh, Jesus' uh, stepfather. And was there until the death of Herod. He died very quickly. Should tell us something about how God feels towards vulnerable children. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth. We've seen lots of anger in politics lately. And sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah, was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, second reference to what happened to him, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. For, and notice the next word here, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. So the people who were associated with him as well were all dead. As Joseph flees to Egypt with the Son of God and Mary, we see a beautiful definition of what a man should do. Yes, a man is the head of the home, and he has authority in the home. 
but he's also to be a protector and a comforter. And that's exactly what he was doing as they fleed into Egypt and as he watches over his wife and child and uh, as he cares for them in, in the best way he knows how. Our newspapers, we think of the harm that can come to children. And I get the same paper you get, the Chronicle Herald, and uh, enjoy reading it every morning. Uh, enjoy some of the articles, but in, usually it's pages one, starts on the front page sometimes, to page seven. All the different abuses that happen to children. And yet, you know, it was the Lord Jesus Christ who said, let the little children come unto me. You know, a person who is inclined to abuse children, I wish they knew how powerful those words are. You know, disciples, hold off on the schedule. Hold off on your deadlines. Hold off on all of that. Let the little children come unto me. That's God speaking. You know, <coughs> excuse me. The people who carry out those abuses, they get two or three years in jail. But you know, in my experience of working with adults and working with youth uh, as a counselor over many, many years, their, their scars are for a lifetime. You know, some of these people who were abused sexually and in other ways, their, their only healing is the day they die. They, they, never, they never truly completely heal. And uh, I remember at Fonda, for some reason or other, we were like a magnet to people who had been abused as children. And it would come out, and you would sense I was in, in uh, leadership, and I would sense that there was something wrong in my relationship with this particular person. And I, didn't, I couldn't f really figure it out, but I, I could sense that something was wrong. And then eventually, as they gained some confidence in you and they started being more transparent about their past, they would start sharing on some horrible thing that had happened to them sometimes 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and the pain was still there every day. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, it, it, it's hard to see that these people, and they're, they're claiming for appeals for their charges and everything, and they get these two or three uh, years in prison, and uh, yet uh, that child lives with that until the day they die. And uh, I, have, I have never met anyone who went through that form of abuse and was totally healed, even in their 40s or 50s. I, I haven't dealt with people older than that, but uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Once again, remembering Christ's words, let the little children come unto me. He cares for those kids in a very, very special way. Two stories of extreme evil, the baby Jesus and the baby Moses, and yet two stories of God miraculously caring for his son and the baby Moses in supernatural ways. AIDS and HIV are considered a sinner's disease because it's often associated with promiscuity. So, uh, but remember that the children with HIV were born with this terminal disease and, and had no will or choice in its progress. Quite a way to be born. And yet Moses and Jesus came into the face of genocide. That is the environment that they were born into, very much like these kids. In all the history of the Alafia Clinic, Paul, last year, who died and passed away, he was the oldest child with HIV that they've ever had. 
he was 16 years of age, and he was the oldest they've ever had. They would, they would live a lot longer, and Lita and I were talking about this on the drive-in today. They would live a lot longer, but often, mom and dad, because remember, the child's mother had HIV. She likely got it from her husband, who usually refuses to be tested. And uh, it's, a, it's a tragic kind of situation. But uh, they, of course, have this when they, they start, but they don't have proper care because, remember, the mom and dad are gone very often, usually within three or four years. And uh, so uh, the people that look after them often don't keep up their antiviral drugs. They don't watch their nourishment enough, and they ask them to work way too much because when they, they can get all kinds of hitchhikers, and hitchhikers are just diseases that attach to somebody with a, a weakened immune system. And uh, it's, it's a tragic kind of situation. But I'll tell you one thing, it's a terrific motivator for those evangelists who work at both of those clinics because those evangelists want to see those kids saved. Now, uh, Mrs. Dillman uh, from your assembly was on that, that group that was over there in, in, in September. And uh, keep, keep in mind, 25 of those kids got saved during that time. Is that a miracle? I'll tell you, that's exciting. It's still exciting, and they're, they're having all kinds of outreach and all kinds of opportunities in discipling those little children. The stories of Moses and Christ tell me that this is a very precious ministry, that both Jesus and, and Moses are very aware of what it is for a child to come into a dangerous, dangerous situation, and yet TLC can make all the difference. And that dear, dear lady, who, by the way, I'm sure could have been killed for, for going against the ruling of the Pharaoh, but uh, in actual fact, her compassion was critical in, in our own history and uh, in the history of the scriptures. Thankfully, even the darkest of stories, when the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ pierces through to their hearts and their minds and gives them a joyful, wonderful conclusion to a life that started in a very dangerous and precarious manner. Uh, how precious, how precious it is when that light breaks forth into their lives and gives them a whole new life in eternity. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for Miriam. Thank you for the privilege of being able to represent her back here in Canada, representing her to the people who made all of this possible. And uh, we thank you, Father, for uh, just the love that you've given her for kids. I don't know if I could do it, Father, pouring my love, developing a relationship with and really cherishing these kids, knowing that in one case, one little deaf boy that was in the PowerPoint this morning, he's likely not going to be here a year from now or even less than that. And uh, it's, it's a, a very challenging ministry to be wrapping yourself around kids who are going to be gone very, very soon. So, Father, I pray for her stamina emotionally. I pray for her strength spiritually. And I pray that you will rejuvenate her in her outreach to these little children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, folks. And thank you for the part you played in uh, these kids' lives. And uh, I want to thank you, too, for the terrific amount of encouragement 
that Lita and I have received right from this fellowship right here. It has been a blessing. Thank you.